Welcome to Speaking Styles Podcast, where you can empower, inspire change in your lives and in the lives of others. This is a podcast to help you gain clarity and confidence with authentic speaking and storytelling with your host, myself, Melanie Wood. And I will take you through step-by-step step in this series to taking you through everything that you need to know to supercharge your business or your career. Welcome everyone to our first episode in our Empower Inspire Change series with myself, Melanie Wood, founder and owner of Speaking Styles. And I help people like yourself to be able to gain clarity and confidence so that you can share more about who you are, what you do, how you do it, and most importantly, why you love doing what you do. So welcome to today. Today, what I would like to do is to share more of a background and a story of myself so that you can be able to get to know me a little bit more. So this episode is going to be about my journey, my story, and how this and how stories can benefit you and the lives of others that you come into conversation with. So let's get started. I'd like you just to take a moment and think about this question. How many of you would love to be able to find your voice and be able to be a fearless speaker in meetings, in conversations, speaking on camera, speaking on stage, wherever you find yourself in a situation where you feel like you just want to be able to answer as you, your authentic self? Take a moment to think about that. And to think about what is holding you back from being that person. For some people, it's their inner voice that tells them that you are not good enough or you don't know enough or who is going to listen to you. There could be some imposter syndrome as well. But what's holding you back from really being that authentic person that you are? And over this series, I'm going to be able to help you to do all of those things. To get started is that how did I become a fearless person and speaker as I am today? And I'm going to take you back in time, back to a time when I was in my teenage years and I was a fearless person in just about all areas of my life, except public speaking. And I will put that there and I will come back to that later. 
But I was a really fearless person. I was traveling overseas from the UK when I was 16, 17. When I was 17, I went to Europe and stayed there by myself to work. And I just love being able to challenge myself to experience life and, and learn those lessons and just put myself out there and think, well, let's just see what happens. And when I was 17, I did, I, I lived and worked in Spain for six months and I went there by myself and my parents always come back to me and say, I went there as a child and I came back as a woman because it really showcased being on my own as well as starting to meet new friends and a company that I worked for, but it really gave me that life lesson to be on my own and experience all of what the world can offer. And then I came back from Spain and I just got that travel bug. And from such an early age, my childhood dream was to emigrate to another country. And I now live in Australia, which I will come back to as well. And I just loved the warmth. I loved culture. I just loved just experiencing different things that life and travel and other countries can offer. So when I came back, America was always on my list of places that I thought that I would emigrate to. And I looked into how I could go there, how I could do like a working holiday visa, but potentially how I could extend that and potentially look at getting a green card. And that's what I did. I looked up and I found Camp America for anybody listening that has heard of Camp America. And it means that I would have got to work with an amazing organization that when um, kids are on holiday, they can come there and it's super fun of activities and all of these different things that I would get to get to do. And I had an extension on my visa, which meant that I could travel, have a holiday and then look at how I could be able to look to stay. Um, in America. So I had my one-way ticket. Um, I had everything already set to go and I had around six months left to go um, before I had to board that plane and go to America. And I was so excited. I, you know, I'd come back from Europe and I just absolutely had that bug to, to really just go for it and see what happened. And I was on a, a night out in Glasgow with friends and, you know, we used to go out every weekend, drinking, partying, dancing, and that's what life was like. And on this particular night, I was out and got very drunk and I met someone when I was on that night out and I started to, to see that person over the, over the coming months and I ended up, I, I fell in love and I thought I can't go to America because what if I never get this again? And I decided in that moment to put that ticket to America in the bin. And I never actually ever told him. So he didn't know that I gave that up for him. And I just decided that, no, this is, this is the path that I want to be in. I want to get married and have kids. And maybe just being in Spain was enough for me. But really deep down, um, I was really gutted that I didn't go. However, that was the decision that I made at the time. And if anybody listening to this has ever been on those situations where the path splits and it's a bit like sliding doors and your life goes one way and you maybe visualized it going another. 
So I was 18 and went into this relationship. It moved quite fast, moved in with each other, got married when I was 21, traveled to the Dominican Republic to get married. So it really was that fairy tale wedding to have the backdrop as the ocean and, and it just really amazing. However, the two years prior, two, three years prior, I started to see things weren't quite right. But in my head, I thought, well, once we get married, I'll be able to change them. I'll be able to fix it. It will be fine. And really in the back of my mind, I knew that that was never going to happen. And being in the Dominican Republic on our own, things started to really happen. And I felt trapped. I felt this is not what I should be doing. But how do I stop this from happening when I have no one around me to speak to and ask for help? So I walked down that aisle knowing that this was going to be the biggest mistake of my life and I went ahead and did it because I was scared. I felt shamed if I was to walk away from it and I did and I got married and all of those tiny little voices and all those fears of what would happen afterwards started to happen and I felt even more trapped than I was when I was in the Dominican Republic. And over the months and over the, the, the few years afterwards, things started to get worse. And the more time went past, the more I just felt like I couldn't get out of it. I felt shameful. All of my friends round about me were getting married, having kids. And I was going to be that statistic of walking away and being the one in three that gets divorced. And I just didn't want to be that person. So I stayed in that relationship. And in between that time, I had started in a new workplace and a lot of things started to happen. And obviously, when I look back, I can see, you know, and I take responsibility for myself as well, is that because of what was happening to me at home, I was very much wearing a mask. I didn't allow anybody to see anything. I never shared anything of my home life or private life. I used to just say, this is work, that's private, that's none of your business. So I was very guarded. And I think people then look at people like, what are you hiding? Or how can somebody's life be so perfect? But I just knew that I needed to do something to protect myself with everything that was happening at home. So this, ha this went on for around a few years. And in between all of that, I used to sit in the shower at home and I used to think, I just don't want to be here, but I can't say to someone, I can't get out of it. It would be better off if I just wasn't here. And I had thoughts around, you know, what I would do to take my own life. How would I do it? But I just had fear of, never being able to follow it through and maybe just thought this is my life this is what I signed up to and this is my life for the rest of my life and on this particular morning um, I had quite um, quite a difficult morning with my partner and I got to work and I was just exhausted and I thought I've got an eight hour shift ahead of me and I just feel like I've run a marathon already before I've even got to work and when I went in my colleague had obviously realized that something wasn't quite right. And she probably had already seen this, but maybe there was never a, a situation where she could come over and ask me if I was all right. But in the situation, there was no one else around but me and her. And she did, she, she got up off the floor, she came over, she took her shoes off, she put mine on, and she asked me if I was okay. 
And in that moment, I had to trust and surrender and say no. And knowing that this was my opportunity to be able to speak to somebody who could potentially either just listen or be able to help me in this situation. And from that day on, for an entire year, she helped me, supported me to build my confidence to be able to leave that relationship because she had shared her story with me and she had experienced it very similar things that I was experiencing in that moment in time. And to this day, this person who I call my friend is the reason why I do what I do today but she's also the reason of why I am still here today. Because when we become fearless in a way of asking someone if they're okay and not knowing how they will respond, to speak up at meetings, to share your story, to be able to stand, in a, stand on stage or stand in front of a camera and be your authentic self and think about, what that could potentially do for one person listening or watching. And that's why I share this story, because I hope that it can help one person. It can help you listening to knowing when you've looked at what's holding you back, what potentially could help you to move past that, to go on and help someone else. So my friend supported me. And a year later, I did, I left that relationship and I started to rebuild my own life. And I remember vowing that I would spend the rest of my days helping other people. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know how. I just knew that I would spend the rest of my life helping other people to never be in the situation that I was in. And then I did nothing for 12 years. I really got so angry. I blamed the world. I blamed everybody around about me for never helping me, even though nobody actually ever knew what was happening. But I really never looked within. I never looked within with what I could be doing to help myself. It was everybody else's fault. And I was dealing with trauma and I didn't know how to be able to express myself, how to heal chronic pain that I was, that I was going through as well. So really in that 12 years, I threw myself into work because, you know, sometimes those moments of dealing with our own emotions and inside, it's super scary. So let's throw ourselves into business or into work. And that's what I did. I literally climbed the career ladder, went back to night school, did diplomas, degrees, worked my way up the ladder because that's what I thought would take me away from ever looking within and going back to that time that I was in. And so 12 years later, I then had an opportunity to come to Australia and my friend was coming for around a month because she had a friend out here and she asked me if I wanted to come on holiday and at that moment I actually couldn't for a month because I was working full-time and I was at uni at night then we had further discussions and we looked into potentially coming for a year on a working holiday visa the time she wanted to, to go was around January and I wasn't going to be able to do that because I didn't finish my degree at uni until June, the middle of the year. 
And I asked that I would love to do that with you, but could you wait six months? And she did, which I'm so grateful for. And in that six months, I, I finished my university degree. I then looked at renting out my house, taking a career break, sorting out my car, sorting out my life so that I could come to Australia for a year. But it meant that I still had everything set up for me to come back to if I decided to do that. And I kept saying to everybody, I'll see you in a year. And everybody in work and things said, we are not going to see you again. And I must have known inside that they were right. But I kept saying, no, no, I'll be back in a year. Totally fine. And in that moment, it was like I had went back in time to, I'm sitting here with my one-way ticket to America. And this was my opportunity to do what I didn't do when I was 18. And I was 30 going on 31. And I knew this was the last chance saloon to doing anything that I could immigrate to another country. Because deep down, that was what I craved. And this was my opportunity because of the 12 years of never looking within, really building that chip on my shoulder, being really frustrated, angry, and blaming the world, I knew this was something, an opportunity for me to change. And I knew that I needed to come out of my existing environment in order to make that change. And I'm not suggesting to anybody that you pack up your bags and leave and move to another country because now being here for seven years, I realized that you bring your emotional baggage with you through customs, which I didn't realize until that happened. So I came for a year. My friend went home four months into his being here and then I stayed and I did everything that I could to stay in Australia. I have now been here just over seven years. I am now a citizen of this country, which is amazing. Um, I have worked so hard to, to be here today, to do what I do and to live where I live. And I am grateful every single day. Now, prior to coming to Australia, I was given the book, The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. And if anybody has ever read that book or come across it, then you're going to know when I get into this and share more about it. If you haven't read it, please do. It is an amazing, amazing book. Now, I want you to visualize is that I was never exposed to self-development. I was never exposed to law of attraction. I was never exposed to any spirituality. So, Yes, I'm coming to Australia, but I'm super cynical. I've been through quite traumatic events in my life and I hate the world. So when you give that book to someone who has that personality trait and the book tells you that you can create and manifest this amazing, beautiful life and you need to take responsibility for your past. I thought, huh, that's not going to happen. And I remember shutting the book thinking, well, that's BS. And I threw the book back at the friend, my friend. And she said, read it again with an open mind. And I thought, well, I don't want to be closed-minded. So let's read it again. So I read it again. I watched the documentary and something inside shifted. And I thought, I have this one-way ticket to Australia. And this is my chance to change. And I started to realize that everything I had went through was leading me up to where I was on that day. 
and literally from there I immerse myself in so much around spirituality self-development everything I just consumed and over the last seven years I've been on a an amazing challenging fulfilling journey that I have been on in all of this but it was something that I needed to do and it was absolutely life-changing so over the seven years that I've been in Australia I was then faced with my fear of public speaking and I was then faced with overcoming that and I thought, you know, if I can overcome my past and I can overcome the challenges and everything, I've been handed this again around facing my fear of public speaking. And I just had to follow it and go, I'm just going to trust and surrender of this is the path that I'm on and there's a reason why. So I went down that route, started to overcome my fear of public speaking, really started to observe and see the amazing opportunity it gives you to be able to communicate and share stories. And really that's why I absolutely love what I do. Because even though I can sometimes still today have some, have some little fears, have sometimes that inner voice, have some anxiety around certain things that I do around public speaking. It's that I am so, so focused on my why. So focused on what I have dealt with in my life and what I am doing every single day to help other people. And I want to share one last part of this story and what it does when we share stories and how it really does save other people's lives when we do share. So as I said earlier, is that, that colleague and friend in the workplace who helped me and she shared her story. It was around four or five years ago. I was working with a coach and he asked me to go back and locate and research and contact my ex-husband and look at working through forgiving him. And I thought, are you absolutely kidding yourself? Like, I'm not doing that. But he said, in order to close and move on, you need to be able to close that door. And forgiveness is the highest, highest thing that you can ever do to anybody who has ever betrayed you or done you wrong. It really does help. So I, I made every excuse of, I don't know how I'm going to find him. I'm in Australia. All of these things, I made so many excuses. And he said, well, there is Facebook. And I thought, oh, he won't be on Facebook. And lo and behold, I did some searching and where was he? On Facebook. So it took me a while and I was typing messages in Messenger and then deleting them, typing them, deleting them. And then thought, well, we're not friends on Facebook. He's never going to see that message, right? We've all been there. And when we message people, we're not friends and they, they just never, never, ever see it. The, the tech gremlins, you know, take it away. So anyway, I, I did eventually send a message and it took a few days before I got any response. And the response was, what do you want? And I thought, well, I'm not surprised there. Really, after all this time, if, I, if he'd done it to me, I probably would have thought the same thing. Anyway, and my next message was really around sending love, 
forgiving them and really just coming from that higher place. And I sent that message and he said that he nearly teared up, he'd a you know, lump in his throat from that and that he was so proud of me and all of these things. He never, ever, ever took responsibility for what he did. However, that's not what my intention was. I didn't need that. I just needed to send that love, forgive and move on. That's not my responsibility for what he does with it. That's his thing that he lives with and not me. So then after that, I, I had such an emotional evening. It was my evening, his morning. And I thought, gosh, I just feel so much lighter and release from all of this. So I went to bed and thought, this is amazing. So before I went to bed, I actually had a page where I used to do a lot of blogging. And I thought, I just need to release this, write my blog, publish it, put it out there, go to bed. And of course, I didn't realize that then maybe he would do a bit of research and see all of this publicly. So when I woke up the next morning, I woke up to a lot of threatening and horrible messages of doing things to my family if I didn't take it down. And I literally went back to that moment when I was with him and I was so scared. And in that blog, I was really vulnerable. So he was able to go into that and take that and be able to use that in those messages. And in that moment, I just had to stop and breathe and go, that's his problem, not mine. And I thought, I'm not taking it down. I'm not because this, this needs to be out there. And it's his own responsibility to take responsibility for his own actions. So I decided to block him and I left it there. And I was so proud of myself for not going back to that person that I used to be and to overcome that fear and whatever happened, happened. I also just want to touch on there that I knew that he wouldn't do anything to my family and I knew that he was bluffing before I um, finish off that part. And I'm so glad that I did because there was someone in my Facebook who I do not know who it is even to today, shared that post and blog with someone that she knew back home in Glasgow in Scotland and that person read my blog and she reached out to me I think a couple of days later I received a message on messenger from her and she literally was so vulnerable she literally had said everything that she was going through similar to me in the, in that time and how she's been feeling and how glad she was to receive my blog and message from someone and neither of us until today know who that was. Because once they sent it, they blocked themselves, which is absolutely fine. So this is the power of writing, speaking, and sharing these things of messages. And I messaged back to her and thanked her for being so vulnerable in sharing. Now, I was heading back to Scotland around six weeks time to go home for Christmas. And I, when I reached out to her, I said, well, I'm actually going to be back home in around six weeks. I'd love to catch up for coffee. And I did. I caught up with coffee with her. And when I caught up with her, she just looked like a mirror version of me 
the 10, 12 years before. It was like looking in a mirror of where I was when I left. And I just sat and I listened. And obviously in that time, she had left him. And she thanked me for sharing my message because she left that relationship because of what I had shared. And she knew what I had said around nothing was ever going to change. It would just get worse. So I was able to then help her stay away. For her to see me as a mirror reflection of what was possible. In that moment, she couldn't see it and feel it for herself, but I was the same as my friend and colleague at the time helped me and I was in a position to help her. We had coffee and she bought me this amazing book as well that she bought me after following me and seeing different things that I was exposed to and reading and it was really, really amazing. And I then have been friends with her ever since. I have also been back home again since and caught up with her and we've been really good friends since. And what I want to do is share with you as well is that the relationship that she was in was actually with my ex-husband. So she was experiencing what I was experiencing, but even worse, but it was with the same person. Now, this is when you can even see the power of when we put ourselves out there and when we share is that we really had a connection to the same person, which was absolutely mind-blowing. But as you can see is that when I was able to become fearless and say to someone I wasn't okay, they, they took my hand and they guided me. They shared their story, which meant 12 years later, I was in a position, position to share mine, which then helped this person as well be able to leave that relationship and move on. And whatever happens out of that is that she might go on and help someone else. I will still continue to share my story to help other people. So I really want you to believe in yourself. And if something is holding you back from sharing your story, I really want you to think about is that it's not about helping everybody. It's about the one person that you could potentially empower, inspire, change in their life. But it also helps you to be able to continue to share and to be able to just own your story own who you are, but it doesn't mean you have to go back to the event. It's just about owning that that is a part of you, but you're starting to move on from that. So really start to believe in yourself, really have a look at what it would look like for you to become a fearless speaker in all areas of your life, but what impact that can make in the lives of others. So go out there, really begin to share your message, your story, why you do what you do so that you can empower, inspire change in your life and of the lives of others. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Melanie Wood, founder and owner of Speaking Styles. And tune in to our next episode where we're going to start to look at those fears, look at what's holding you back so that you can move forward and share that story. 
Love to you all. Have a great day wherever you are in the world. Thank you.